Hey everybody, welcome to Red Treasure Rising, the podcast that chronicles the story of Red Treasure, a rock band based in Los Angeles. My name is Colin Daniels. I play guitar and sing in the band. My bandmate Gabriel Rivero, who plays drums, is not here for this episode. Um, I have been thinking lately um, that perhaps I need to share. I I don't... um, so I'm doing this episode by myself, and I try not to do episodes by myself because, number one, I just think it's more interesting when two people are sort of bouncing things off each other. And number two, I'm a little concerned that when I talk just by myself, even though I know I have an audience for this, um, I tend to go into these side ro- uh, side roads and deep dives in the conversation and get way off topic. And uh, for some reason, having another human being or two or three actually helps me stay on track mentally. So... I'm going to do my best to stay on track here, but I did want to mention, um, for those of you who uh, listen to this podcast and follow the band, which we're so grateful to you, um, the reason that Gabe is not on the podcast as much as I am is not because I'm some kind of diva and I'm trying to make sure Gabe doesn't appear here. Um, we do. We both live in Los Angeles, but we actually live currently, um, at the time we're recording this podcast in September of 2019, uh, we live almost at opposite ends of what people would consider the Los Angeles area. And it's quite a ways to travel. Um, And as we've mentioned in other episodes, we have a day job in the same location, but there we have to do work for the most part (laughs) for our day job. We can't be doing podcasts and things like that. Um, But uh, yeah, but so, and and the other thing is uh, Gabriel and I have quite different schedules most of the time for that day job. So it's been challenging uh, to coordinate our schedules. And, um, so, uh, but I, I just wanted to say that because I, I feel like I love it when Gabe's on the, the podcast here with me. Um, we, we are, uh, partners in the band and, and so I don't want to give anybody the impression that I'm trying to keep Gabriel off the podcast. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. Um, but we're just dealing with, uh, logistics and schedule challenges for the most part. So this week I don't have a guest. Um, I wanted to take, one episode here, um, and I'd like to do this again in the future, hopefully with Gabriel uh, next time. But I would like to, you know, we, we've had a lot of guests on the last 11 episodes. I've really enjoyed the podcast thus far, and I'm so grateful to all of you who listen to it and give us feedback and stuff like that. It's really cool. And, but I also realize I want to, you know, from time to time, I want to make sure we're giving the listeners. Uh, you, our listeners, <laughs> um, information uh, about the band, about Red Treasure and our story and our, you know, the the behind the scenes stuff that's been going on. So um, I thought one thing I would really like to do is to talk about the lyrics of one of our songs. And again, I'd like to do future episodes like this too, where we, we just do a deep dive on one song and get into the lyrics and everything. And so today I want to talk about the song you can go home again which the full electric band version appears on our first ep the hot house trip which like most of our stuff is available on spotify and apple music and google play and all those good places and uh, but we also on our youtube channel have uh, our friend mike percy who films a lot of stuff for us and takes a lot of photos for us he uh, shot a really great a video of us playing an acoustic version of it is pretty different than the than the electric the full rock band sound version of it um, the lyrics are the same but it's a very different feel 
Um, so I wanted to talk about that song today. And basically I wanted to get into the lyrics and, and talk a little bit about it because um, this is a song I wrote long before I met Gabriel. Um, I guess I just want to say one sort of disclaimer about talking about lyrics, though. I'm always reminded of this thing that I read in um, a biography that was written about the band Pearl Jam. And they mentioned the fact that when Pearl Jam first got big, which was very soon after their, they started as a band, they had a very quick rise to the top. Um, Eddie Vedder was constantly asked about lyrics and what his songs meant, and he really wasn't comfortable answering them or giving too much away about the lyrics because he felt like he really wanted each listener that enjoyed Pearl Jam songs to have their own experience of it, you know, sort of to have the song mean whatever it meant to the listener. And I think that's one of the incredible things about music is that, you know, uh, a band can put out a song that's loved by, you know, literally millions of people. uh, And at the same time, everybody can have their own sort of experience of what that means for them. And I think Eddie Vedder's concern, if I'm retelling it properly here, is just that he was worried that if he told the public, oh, well, this song is about, you know, this person and this part of my life when this happened and this person did this and I did this, that what that would do is limit it for for listeners and they wouldn't be able to make it their own anymore because it's like instead of hearing the song, loving it and just sort of allowing it to resonate with whatever's going on with the listener. If the listener was aware of this interview where Eddie Vedder said, well, this song is about this person in my life and it's about this time in my life and it's when this happened to me with this person, then instead of being free to form their own understanding of it and have their own meaning of the song, then they're just going to think, oh, this is the song that Eddie Vedder wrote about that person in that time and blah, blah, blah. And so I've been really reluctant to ever talk about the lyrics to any of my songs because for that same sort of reason, it's like, cause I've had that experience where I find a, you know, a song from a band I really love and it means something to me and, and the words m- might, you know, I might be taking like a literal meaning of the words the same way, but then I'm applying it differently to my experience in my life, what's going on for me. And then if I find out later that, you know, oh, that song is about blah, blah, blah. It's like, it is, it's kind of hard not to have it change the meaning, but um, the flip side of that is, and I think this is, it's a change that's occurred in our culture with the rise of the internet and social media is that, you know, people are just more and more curious about the stories behind things that are happening. And, and I'm fascinated by that too. And as much as I like, would like to preserve you know, some of the songs that are really important to me, like my meaning of it without knowing what what the songwriter was actually thinking or going through at the time. I'm also wildly curious about a lot of songs that I love about like, oh, I wonder who he was writing about and I wonder what inspired it and blah, blah, blah. So um, I thought I'd go and do go ahead and do that with You Can Go Home Again, but I wanted to see say that up front because if you are the kind of person that has a very personal meaning of a song and you don't want to have my talk about how I wrote it and what it came from uh, affect that. I want to respect that. Apologies, I'm recording this in my uh, in my apartment today and you can hear uh, fire engine sirens. They're probably not as loud on the podcast as they are in my apartment. They're fairly loud. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, there's no way to avoid it. I live right near a fire department, so a fire station rather. So it, that's probably, it's not going to surprise me if it happens two or three more times on this episode. But anyway, um, so I'm going to talk about um, the song a little bit and uh, the lyrics. Uh, but what I'd like to do first is uh, have you listen to uh, the song. I'm sure some of you are familiar with it, but some of you aren't. So we'll take a quick break here. Um, first off, I'll give you our web links as I do every week in case you want to find out more information about our band. And then I'll have you listen to the song um, that appear as it appears on the Hot House Trip, our EP. And then I'll come back and talk about it. Hey everybody, this is Colin again from Red Treasure. Hey, I just wanted to let you know what our uh, internet and social media handles are, just in case you want to find out more information about us, listen to some of our music, watch some of our videos, see some cool photos. On Instagram and Twitter, we are at Red Treasure Band, all together with no spaces, punctuation, or special characters. Uh, we're at facebook.com slash Red Treasure Band, same thing, all together. Uh, we're at soundcloud.com slash Red Treasure Band, and on Bandcamp, we're redtreasure.bandcamp.com. On YouTube, uh, you can either go to our Facebook page and look at our website link that will take you to our YouTube channel, or you can go to YouTube and don't just search Red Treasure, search Red Treasure Hot House Trip. That's our first EP. So search Red Treasure Hot House Trip. That'll take you to some of our videos and our YouTube channel. All right, thanks so much for listening. Now back to the show.
footsteps won't be loud enough You will be detected In the icy water's eyes You will be reflected Only moving forward Review doesn't matter Dance with all your mind Okay, so now that you've heard the song, uh, I think I'd like to just talk a little bit about it. So in terms of the overall theme, this is, and and what, what the song is about in general for me, um, obviously it's about the concept of home. Um, that's pretty clear. Um, I wrote this song in November of 2012, and this was a particular period of my life. It was right before I left the East Coast to move to California. And I moved to San Diego first in the uh, in November of 2012, and I lived in San Diego for about ten months. And then in October of 2013, I moved to Los Angeles, which is where I've been ever since. And so I wrote this song right before I left the East Coast, and so I was feeling a lot of feelings about like what what does home mean. Uh, because I was basically leaving my geographic home. You know, I'd lived in different places on the East Coast. I grew up in a small town in Maine. Um, I had lived in New York City for a while. I'd lived in Washington, D.C. for a couple of short stints. Um, so really, I was like an East Coast guy, even though I'd also lived in the Midwest for a little bit. I'd lived in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio for a while. and But uh, I was mainly an East Coast guy, and... You know, this was a, a move that I had dreamed of moving to Los Angeles, actually, since I was a little kid. And I I changed my mind 
and decided to move to San Diego instead of Los Angeles because after many years in New York City, which I loved at when I lived there and I loved when I left and I still love to this day, but it was it was a tiring city to live in. It's exhausting living in New York City. And I just sort of had the idea that Los Angeles would be the same. Like it would just be a really exhausting place to live, even though I really wanted to live there. And I, right before I was gonna move, I heard a lot about San Diego being just like very chill, very relaxed, very beautiful. Life would be very manageable there. So I decided to move to San Diego instead of Los Angeles. And so at this time that I'm writing this song, I've decided to move and I'm making preparations. And so the move is definitely happening. And I'm basically going to drive from Maine (laughs) to San Diego, California and try to start a new life. I don't know anyone in San Diego at this point. Um, I've never been there. Um, I did a trip around the country in 2010 where I drove around the country, but I actually skipped San Diego on that trip. So I'd never been within the city limits of San Diego. Um, And, uh, you know, so I didn't know anybody. I'd never been there. And I was going to, like, start my whole life. I didn't have a job. I mean, it was really like I'm going to start from zero. I had some money in the bank uh, that sort of came to me as a, a surprise chunk of money that I didn't know was coming and that gave me the money to buy a a beat up uh, 2002 Honda Civic and uh, have enough money for the trip and all that and have enough money to live in San Diego for a while without you know while I figured out my life and I was you know as I was preparing for this move I was really excited but I think like a lot of people when they're going to do a move like this even if they're excited there's fear there's fear of the unknown there's There's um, sadness about leaving a place that's familiar, sadness about leaving friends and family behind and going to a place and having to make new friends all over who don't know you at all. Um, So a lot of that was going through my mind uh, when I started writing this song. And I wrote the whole thing, music and uh, lyrics, by myself because I was solo at this point. Um, I didn't meet Gabriel and form Red Treasure until 2015. So this is three, this is literally three years before Red Treasure. Um, of course, we changed it quite a bit once we started performing it as a band. Um, but the basic chord, stru- you know, the structure of the song, the chords, the vocal melody, all that um, didn't change that much. So the whole thing with the title, You Can Go Home Again, I, I, I basically was playing around with a phrase that was in the American culture for a while. I don't know if it still is or not, but it was this phrase, you can't go home again. And I didn't really remember where I had gotten hold of that phrase, but I knew it was it was talked about in one of my high school English classes. And I just vaguely remembered, I feel like now I have a lot of these things that are like, you know, I have a piece of information in, in my memory from years ago and I have like what I think it is. Like I, I have part of it that I know is what it is and then I have things where I'm guessing. I think it's this, maybe that. And these is, this is one of those things. I actually thought it was from a poem by either Ralph Waldo Emerson or Henry David Thoreau. <laughs> and um, I just did some internet research on it today and it was from neither of those things. Um, the phrase comes from, it was the title and really the theme of a novel by Thomas Wolfe. 
who was uh, an American novelist who was born in the year 1900 and died in the year 1938. And he wrote... Um, this book called you can go home you can't go home again um trying to find what year it was written sorry i'm getting back to the list of his novels here that i was looking at uh you can't go home again it was actually published after his death he wrote it when he was alive obviously and it was published in 1940 um and the story of the novel, which I didn't really know, but it's interesting to read about. Um, I'm just quoting Wikipedia here. Uh, it's the story of George Weber, who's a fledgling author who writes a book that, uh, that gets famous and does really well, but it makes frequent references to the hometown that he grew up in, which in the book is called Libya Hill. Uh, the book is a huge national success, but residents of Libya Hill, the town he grew up in, become unhappy with how they're depicted in the book. And um, so basically George Weber like writes this book. He thinks it's a wonderful novel about you know his hometown and everyone in his hometown is offended by how he represented them. And so he makes, after the novel is this huge success, he goes back to Libya Hill, the town he grew up in, expecting like a hero's welcome you know, like, oh, it's it's our small town boy who made it big. He's a famous writer now. Let's let's all hear it for our boy. And instead, what's he, what he gets is the total opposite, is he gets uh, all this resentment and anger and uh, criticism. And basically, he realizes he can't stay in the town. He has to leave. And it basically leads to him questioning a lot about his identity because he felt like where he grew up and all his memories and everything, the good and the bad were a part of who he, it was a part of how he, an important part of how he defined himself. And now that he's kind of lost the town that he grew up in, um, you know, it's sort of like, who is he, you know? And uh, it sort of, sort of goes into this little existential crisis. And, but so eventually this, the title of this work gets, and, and the theme of the book basically gets, translated into like an idiom or cliche phrase that gets spoken in, in America a lot. Again, I think it's faded a lot. I haven't heard it in a long time. Um, but back in the 70s and 80s, you would hear it now and then. People would say something like, oh, you know, well, you can't go home again. And what that meant was that you can't truly go back to a place that you used to live in because you you will want to go there and experience it exactly as you experienced it when you lived there. But if you move away and and it and let years pass and then go back, what will happen is invariably there will be a lot of changes in your, in the town that you you left. And so when you go back, it'll actually seem to you like a different town, and it will be mentally jarring to you because you have all these specific associations where with how it was for you when you lived there. But now that it's changed, things are off and it feels wrong and it doesn't feel like where you grew up. And um, so I just think that's really interesting because that, that's, I mean, obviously I don't, I didn't remember where exactly in what reference to that I heard it in English class, but I remember hearing about it in English class. And I remember thinking that that was a, a, an interesting piece of wisdom, you know, that, 
Um, cause I think as humans, we get really attached to our memories and we want to relive things. That's why nostalgia is such a profitable industry in so many different ways, you know, um, because people have fond memories of their childhoods and their past and they want to kind of like relive it a little bit. And I'm as guilty of that as anyone. Um, but the reality is, is you can't ever recreate a past experience exactly how it happened or, or go back to a place and have it be exactly as it was years ago because every, you know, change is the nature of life. Some things change very slowly, some things change quickly, but if you give something a lot of time, it'll definitely change, it'll definitely be different when you go back. So I was kind of playing around with this idea when I had the idea for the song because, you know, I was leaving what was my geographic home. You know, I grew up in Maine and I was an East Coast guy and I'd lived there for, you know, decades. <laughs> and I was going to go to this place that I'd only, you know, I'd only visited California t- twice. I'd spent very little time there and I was going to try to set up a home, you know, and, and make it my home. I didn't have any plans to return to the East Coast um, in any, any sort of near future. So, I mean, I was really thinking that California was going to be my home. And the whole, the whole thing about the phrase, uh, you can't go home again. I think one of the things I was aware of is, you know, now that I'm going to leave if when I come back and visit, things are going to be very different, you know, because I'm putting a bookmark in it and then going somewhere else very far away. The next time I come back, this place, which is my geographic home will not be the same as before. I was also thinking about just the concept of home in general, uh, because I think a lot of times people consider your home just to be where you geographically grew up and everywhere else is not your home. And I think what I, I didn't want that for myself. I wanted to make a new home in California and really feel like it was my new home. Not that it would replace my, the place that's always going to feel like home to me, which is Maine where I grew up, but that it would be another home and I would feel at home in my new home. (laughs) Um, But of course, if you're going to travel all the way to the other side of the country to a city you've never visited and you don't know anybody and you don't have a job and you don't know what your life is going to be like. And so it can be a very frightening proposition. And like, I think what I was tussling with was, I didn't know that I was going to be able to create a home there, but I really wanted to be optimistic and um, committed to, to making a new home in California. And I think what I was trying to play with was the concept of the fact that home really is a, a place that lives in your mind and your heart. It's not like a physical location. If you feel at home somewhere, that's a, that's a feeling, you know, that's coming from your, your mind and your body and your heart. It's not necessarily tied to a specific location. I know plenty of people that, you know, lived until they were six or seven years old in one town, but then they moved to another state or something and they went to, you know, middle school or junior high school and high school in another place. And that's what that town is what, or city is what feels like home to them. The place where they were born and lived until they were six years old. They don't feel at home there because they associate mentally home with the place where they you know, graduated from high school. So I think I was trying to play with that concept, like that it was okay to leave my geographic home, the place that my heart will always feel is like the primary home of Maine. And it was okay to go create a new home in California and, and feel at home there. Like I didn't have to be afraid of the state of 
feeling like that I was without a home, that I was living not at my home <laughs> for the rest of my life, you know, that I was going to find a new home and make it my own. And so I will just go with the first verse here. Uh, so the first verse is, hounds of hell at your heels, driving you on faster, under thumbs of everyone, want to be your master. Racing to the blazing sun, trail of light behind, echo in your heart and soul, whisper in your mind. And so I think the, the hounds of hell at your heels, driving you on faster, I think that's a reference to just some rough things that happened in my past. <laughs> And the fact that for a, as compared to other people, I was moving to California fairly late in life. That's a, something a lot of people would do in their 20s. And I was doing it later in life. And so I think it was the sense of like, there was part of my past in Maine that was, you know, not the most pleasant. And that there was something in me that was saying, let's start over somewhere brand new. And there was some urgency to it because I wasn't in my early 20s, you know. Um, Under thumbs of everyone want to be your master. I think that that line, and I just want to be really careful about how I talk about my family because I love my family. But, you know, like a lot of families, we had some difficult times and my childhood wasn't always the, the smoothest. Um, I realized as a middle class white male in America, I had it, no matter what was going on for me, I had it way easier than a whole lot of people in this world. And uh, I don't mean to make my, any, any troubles or challenges I had sound otherwise, but um, I had some difficult times in my childhood and my family and I had some struggles. And, um, you know, one of the struggles is I think that, you know, my family really cares about me and, but they're more comfortable with family members who live close by and they they it really bothers a lot of them um if someone is living out of state i remember i had a great aunt so one of my grandmother's uh, sisters um is one of the few people in my whole family lineage to not live in maine and she lived in san francisco california and i just remember sort of the vibe like everybody in the family loving her like nobody loving her any less but just sort of this like irritation with the fact that like seeing her once every four years or whenever she could visit um, was just not really what people, not what the family wanted. You know, my family was very close and they, they really wanted to see the other family members on a regular basis. And the fact that she lived in San Francisco made that impossible. And so it was just, it was a, it was a source of irritation sometimes for people in my family. And so I think that's something that I was grappling with is that, you know, I, I, I come from a family where everybody sort of prefers that you live close by and I was going to move like as far away as I could and still be in the same country, <laughs> you know, and there's just sort of like, um, I think again, it was later in life for me, but I think there was something where I just kind of had to break out from that and, um, and just understand that, you know, my family has their view of how they would like their family to be. And then I had to go live my own truth you know, my, my heart and soul were being called by California and I needed to follow that. And so I had to like not be under the thumb of anyone and, and just live my life according to what felt right to me, even if I wasn't sure of like, you know, some sort of grand successful outcome. Uh, racing to the blazing sun, that's just me talking about, you know, driving to California. And again, you hear that, you know, this racing is like driving you on faster. There's like this speed and urgency because 
you know, I'd wanted to live in LA since I was a little kid and I was finally at least moving to Southern California. Um, but it did feel late in life for me to be doing that. So it was like, there was kind of this feeling of like, all right, let's, let's get there. Let's start this. It's overdue. Uh, racing to the blazing sun trail of light behind. I mean, for me, I think that one thing that was really great in 2012 is, um, I got to spend a lot of time with my family in Maine. I was sort of in this transition between my life in New York city and my life in California. And, um, I got to spend a lot of quality time with my parents, especially, and we got to do some healing around some stuff that had happened in the past. And I was really grateful for that. And, um, I think the trail of light behind kind of, I was talking there about the fact that a lot of good stuff had happened in my life on the East coast up into that, including the few months right before I left, you know, so I wasn't leaving, um, with a sense of like, oh my God, everything's terrible here. I got to get out of here. Cause there are times where that happens for people, you know, like people are in a bad situation and a geographic move is like going to something positive and getting away from something that's like primarily negative. And for me, I think I was acknowledging that it wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't the case with me. You know, there was a lot of good that I was leaving behind, but it was important that I go. Um, echo in your heart and soul, whisper in your mind. I think that was just my sort of way of saying, you know, that, uh, that I was having a lot of feelings. There were a lot of thoughts going through my mind. There was some guilt. There was some fear. There was some excitement. There was some anticipation of great things. Uh, there was a, a yearning for adventure and a new life. But there's also uh, some regret of some things I would definitely miss out on by leaving. Um, yeah, but it's just sort of like I was just having a lot of thoughts and feelings at that time. Um, I think I'll save the chorus for last. So we'll just go on to uh, verse two. Verse two is crystal fairies round your face, lost in admiration. Cannot catch what you lost, much to your aggravation. Phone call from tomorrow's dawn must be disconnected. Masses wrapped in wonder who will be elected. Uh, okay, so the first line, crystal fairies round your face, lost in admiration. Um, I am actually not sure what that is about. <laughs> I remember really being pleased with it as a line. Um, I think what I was talking about there, or wh what that came out of for me is, I think those first two lines go together with me. Crystal fairies round your face, lost in admiration cannot catch what you lost much to your aggravation. I think for me, that's just sort of like a poetic way of saying that, you know, we can't cling to the past or clinging to the past is not helpful, I guess. There was definitely a part of me that was like, oh, you know, um, you know, I think like many people, it's like you can't perfectly resolve everything um, before you move to a place, you know, there's going to be relationships, situations, things that are going to be a little, you know, not have every I dotted, every T crossed, every bow tied, you know? <laughs> um, and I think what I was talking about there is just that, um, you know, not to get lost in, you know, selfish, uh, it's hard to describe the selfish things that might, um, that I might get attached to, you know, from my life on the East coast that, 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 uh, you know, frustrated me or whatever, but could keep me there longer than I needed to, to go. And again, I think the thrust of this song is like, I gotta go, you know, and like, it's okay to go. I think that's a lot of what this song was. It was like almost trying to like 
give my talk to myself and give myself permission to do what I really wanted to do, which was to start a new life in California and really uh, commit to my dreams of being a musician in, at a much deeper level and have another chapter. And so I think um, that's a lot with those first two lines about. The third line, phone call from tomorrow's dawn must be disconnected. I mean, basically I'm just saying there, that's a way of talking about the future. It's like, you know, all of us would like to call the version of us in the future and say, how did it work out when I did this thing? But we can't, you know, like there's no phone line that goes to the future. So I think that's what I was talking about there. It's like, you know, there's part of me that would just love to call future Colin in California and see how he's doing to see if this is the right decision or not. And I can't do it, you know. Uh, masses wrapped in wonder who will be elected. That, you know, that really was, I don't want to, I, I feel really nervous about getting political on this podcast, but that was actually, that really came from something that was going on politically in the United States. And I'll let you figure it out. I mean, this was written in November of 2012. So you can put that together if you want to Google it, <laughs> go on Wikipedia, whatever. I mean, there was a question of who would be the leader of the country that I was living in. And uh, there was a lot of uh, fear and uh, uncertainty about that decision and what direction our country would go in, which now just in 2019 seems quaint and cute compared to what we got going on today. But anyway, but that was really, as I was making this decision to leave um, and change my whole life, there was also this thing, um, I, I, there's a million different ways to look at this. And again, I don't want to get too political, but you know, by most estimations, our country changed a lot based on who we chose as a leader in 2008. And then 2012, there was kind of a referendum of, are we going to stick with that change and stick with it? Or are we going to go back sort of to what we're comfortable with? And um, it was just interesting to me that as an artist, as I was trying to commit, invest and fo follow through on this change of my life that I really wanted for myself, that the United States was kind of going through this thing of like, we made a big change. Are we okay with it or not? You know? All right. Going to the third verse here. Uh, third verse reads like this. Um, Footsteps won't be light enough. You will be detected. In the icy water's eye, you will be reflected. Only moving forward, rear view doesn't matter. Dance with all your might now, boy, before your ashes scatter. So footsteps won't be light enough, you will be detected. I think for me that was, I'm talking about, um, it's almost this part of me was wondering if I could, um, not in any real practical way, but kind of in a hypothetical, <laughs> I don't know, spiritual way, if I could leave the East Coast and, and not have it be a big deal, both for me internally and for my family and friends and, and all that. And I think, you know, the footsteps won't be light enough, you'll be detected. It's like, this is going to be a big deal. It's going to have a huge impact on me internally, my life, my friends, my family. Like there's no way to like sneak out of the East Coast and just sort of subtly move to California. Um, in the icy, oh, sorry, in the icy water's eye, you will be reflected. Well, there's not a lot of icy water in California. So I think that's a reference to the East Coast and my life there and just sort of like, you know, I think that's just kind of a statement that, um, you know, I, uh, 
I'll always be, you know, from Maine. That'll always be my true home. Um, it'll always be where I'm from. Um, I'll probably always kind of be a, a East Coast guy at my core, although California is rapidly becoming a really wonderful part of who I am. Um, and I think it's just sort of, I think that line is sort of like, you're not going to lose who you are by this. You're just going to become, you're going to change, but you don't have to lose who you are. Uh, only moving forward, rear view doesn't matter. I think that's one of the most literal lines I've ever wrote. <laughs> You know, it was just one of those things of like kind of just encouraging myself not to look back, not to agonize over the past, not to agonize over the decision. Just get in the car and go. Uh, Dance with all your might now, boy, before your ashes scatter. That's one of my favorite lines that I've ever written. Um, I think it's and I I think that's almost it's pretty literal and self-explanatory as well. But just to expand on a little bit, I mean, I think a lot of it, there's just such a thing in the American culture about playing it safe and stability and security and all of that has its place, you know? Um, but I think some, so, so often we let fear stop ourselves from doing things we really want to do. And, you know, people get to their, literally to their deathbeds and regret that they didn't take chances and they didn't do some of the adventurous things they wanted to do just out of fear or just a worry that it would lead to some sort of instability or, or not secure situation. And I think I just wanted to, affirm for myself that this move to California was was me following my dream, following my heart, and that, you know, in some ways life is long, but in some ways it's short. And, um, you know, again, with the urgency, you know, I was not in my early 20s and, and it, there was a real call from my soul to get to California and to, to live the life that I had, uh, that was waiting for me there, I guess. And uh, so before your ashes scatter, it's just like, you know, we have a lot of time as humans, but it does run out, you know, and so it's, it's respect for that. Um, so those are the verses. The chorus, uh, you can go home again, ain't nothing to it, my friend. I think that was, you know, so there I'm just playing off the, the cultural idiom that comes from the Thomas Wolfe novel. You know, you can't go home again. I, I love being contrary. I think a lot of artists do. Um, and so that's my sort of thing. I think a lot of people, you know, might just not knowing me or whatever, if I told them in 2012, what I was going to do, you know, would say, oh, well, you know, you're not going to be able to come back here and have it be the same. And, you know, and, and there's no home waiting for you in California because your home's here. You can't have two homes. And I think what I was saying there is just sort of trying to play with this concept of like that, again, that home is just something in your heart. It's just something you feel and you can have three homes or 10 homes or, you know, if you feel at home somewhere, it's, it's a home, (laughs) you know? And so I was just, I think the chorus again was just talking to myself of like, it's okay to go to California. You're going to build a home there. And really, I I love that I said, ain't nothing to it, my friend, in the, in the first couple choruses there, because, you know, a lot of times when you're working on something in your life, you know, the culture or media will tell you like, well, you can do that, but it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to be really hard and it's going to be a lot of effort and you're going to have to struggle, you know? And I just sort of feel like we create so much of that ourselves. Like so many things in life are easier, would be easier, genuinely easier um, if we just weren't so hard on ourselves and didn't create, throw so many obstacles in our own way. So I think I'm really just talking to myself there just saying, you know, um, it's going to be a breeze, <laughs> you know, and it really wasn't, I have to say, <laughs> um, I mean, it wasn't in the sense that, 
you know, I, I've been in uh, California for almost six years now and, you know, my first, my year in San Diego had a lot of joy and a lot of gifts and it also had a lot of struggle and challenges and my first couple of years, especially in Los Angeles, were really challenging in a lot of ways. Again, with my little side comment about being a middle-class white male, you know, um, within that realm, I had some challenges. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just sort of think that, uh, there wasn't like, I think the thing that came true based on that is that I was able to handle everything that came at me. You know, I think that's, I think that's the fear that may have hit me at a certain point about moving to California. Like, what if I get there and I can't handle it because of some factor that I just don't know yet because I, I'm not there yet, you know? What if there's some factor that I didn't foresee that happens and makes me not able to handle my life there? And I think what did come true in terms of the ain't nothing to it is I've been able to handle everything that life has thrown at me, including, you know, car accidents, breakups, all sorts of stuff, um, you know, um, finding a bandmate, all that, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, you know, so I really, I'm really fond of the fact, I really love that line, ain't nothing to it, my friend. Cause again, I'm being super contrary there because I think the standard advice would be like, well, you can move to California, but that's going to be hard. That's what most people would say. And I just, I sort of, sort of like thinking about it, like, well, what if it's easy? Like, what if it's just one step at a time and it actually works out and it's actually not that hard? Um, the final choruses uh, kind of change the, the words just, just slightly. Instead of saying, ain't nothing to it, my friend, as the second line, um, there's sort of, what do we got here? Four couplets that are different than that. So the first one is, you can go home again, but it's a new one, my friend. And that, that's pretty obvious. You know, that's that's me kind of just explaining to myself what I meant by you can go home again. It's like it's going to be OK because it will be new, but it, you can still make California your home. And then I repeat that. And then the final chorus or whatever we want to call this last part. Um, is really, again, just this kind of, you know, just talking to myself and just saying it's OK, keep going you know, commit to this decision. It's going to be great. Trust, you know, trust the universe that it's going to be great. You know, so I say, you can't go back to then, which is just another reference. To like, I can't go back in time and go to California when I was 22 because I just didn't do that when I was 22. I can't go back and fix any one of the many mistakes I may have made in my life on the East Coast or, or in Ohio because those mistakes have already been made. They can't be changed. Um... You can only move forward, my friend. It's really trying to focus myself on like the only thing we can do is is the best decision that we can do in the present, and that is follow our dream and move to California. Um, just because it's gone, it's not the end. That's really talking about Maine and New England and New York City and like my whole life on the East Coast. It's like just because I've left the East Coast, it doesn't mean that my memories, my experiences, my connections there are gone. It just means that you know my life is going to change. And then I repeat the line, this line twice at the very end, there's a new one for you, my friend. So it's, you know, I'm basically saying just because it's gone, meaning my life on the East Coast, it's not the end. It's not the end of home. You know, it's like not the last place I will feel at home. There's a new one, meaning a new home waiting for you in California. So 
So that's it. That's the song You Can Go Home Again. Um, I am really fascinated at the prospect of feedback on this episode. So if you listen to this podcast, I would love to know what you think. If you liked it, if you enjoyed it, if you felt like it was too self-indulgent, if you don't like lyrics being explained to you, um, if you thought it was fascinating, if you loved it, um, I'm, I'm open to anything. Um, I really just want to hear what people thought about it because I, I think I would like to do this again. This was really interesting for me to go back uh, seven years after I wrote it and really look at you know what, what was behind it. Uh, but again, I, you know, I, I want to hear from you folks, uh, the wonderful people that are supporting us. So you can write to us on our Instagram. Uh, you can write to us. You can write us a direct message on Instagram. You can write us a message on our Facebook page. You can write us a DM on our Twitter. Um, you can also email us at redtreasureband at gmail.com, which is all together, no spaces or punctuation. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, I don't think I went down too many side roads. I don't think I went too crazy just doing this whole uh, episode by myself. Um, Hopefully next week we will have a a guest and I would love to have Gabriel back as well. And, but we'll see how that works out. So thank you so much for listening. I so much appreciate the support of all of you who are listening out there. It just blows me away that we keep getting all these listens every week. It's awesome. And um, I look forward to uh, speaking with you next week. So until then, keep on rocking. Hounds of hell at your heels, driving you on faster. Under thumbs of everyone, want to be your master. Racing to the blazing sun, trail of light behind.
month, you will be detected.